Some really interesting games for those final two that we've had before the actual Champions League final. Uh, so we'll talk all about Liverpool. We'll talk about Real Madrid. Jesus. Oh, my God. And Talk about Manchester City and how they should make stronger blood pacts. <laughs> Do something. <laughs> yeah, it's not it didn't. You know what? I'm going to say too bad for Manchester City. Not going well for them right now, even though mm. they are one of the best teams in the world ever. They lost, but whatever. We'll get there. We'll, we'll, no I need. just want to get this out here first and yeah, foremost. Yeah. You hate to see it. <laughs> I know you, it. you especially hate yeah. to see it. Mm -hmm. uh, so we will talk about that. We are going to start off with crew stuff and I'm going to stop teasing things beyond like the things I know we're going to talk about because sometimes we don't get to them and I feel bad later when I go back and listen. I'm like, oh yeah, I teased this thing that we never did. So we have other things to talk about. Let's possibly honest, nobody gets that far into the podcast. That's, <laughs> nobody fair listens enough. to the whole thing. Fair enough. Well, in case you don't, uh, I, that's fine. I understand people get busy. If you could do this, we hardly ever say this at the beginning of the podcast, but please, if you like the podcast and you enjoy what you listen to, make sure you hit, you know, subscribe on whatever app you listen to the podcast through. If uh, you really like it and you want to leave us a review on Apple podcast, that's big. That helps other people find the podcast. Mm -hmm. And when you see us like tweet out the episode from our Twitter at bone and beam United or at bone beam United, let's get that right. Uh, if you retweet that, that helps too. So any of any of the above, if you feel like doing that this week, it'd be nice. If you don't also, okay. We get no, it's it. not. No, no, it is. It's, nope. uh, you know what? It's, it's, it's been weird. Last few weeks, last few years have been weird. So if you're not up for any of that social engagement, I understand if you do though, we'd appreciate it. And we thank all of you for listening. Beamer, before we get into it, your week good? How's it going so far? Yeah, pretty good, man. Can't complain. Soccer podcast day is on uh, Cinco de Mayo, which I ignorantly learned this morning uh, is not Mexican Independence Day. Um, oh. It's basically a drinking holiday that was established in the 1980s by beer, wine, and alcohol companies uh, to sell more beer, uh, parading, masquerading as Mexican Independence Day. That comes later in the year in September. Today was a big victory um, back in, I don't remember the year, so I'm not even going to try to remember it. Uh, a big victory over the French. They call it Puebla Day. Ah, okay. Um, so I was, I was, I had a mis total misconception about what Cinco de Mayo was, but now I know I'm a better person. Week's been pretty good, man. Can't complain. Uh, Meredith can, though. My I wife, was she was. Say, um, how's, uh, did, did she ever get going with that whole trip? Yes. The, 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 there was a, there was an issue with she she teaches mm -hmm. and helps out uh with eighth grade specifically and that's usually the time you go to washington dc at least around these parts is yep. the eighth grade washington dc trip almost every school i've ever heard of has one and that one didn't 
go quite the way she hoped initially. No, it didn't. So uh, she was getting everything ready on Monday. And again, election day locally, of course, uh, which was Tuesday. Uh, their school is closed because it's a polling place. Sure. So they said, you know what? We're going to leave on election day. There's no school anyways. It's a great day for the eighth graders to set sail for Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had charter buses. They had hotel rooms and everything booked and an itinerary literally down to the minute. Uh, she was already pissed off when she woke up on Tuesday morning because her alarm clock went <laughs> off before mine did, uh, which mine goes off around 4 in the morning. Because you do the morning show. Hers of went off around 3.45. So Yikes. she was already upset. She's like, I don't know how you do this every day. And I'm like, well, you just do it. I'm like, you just wake up and you drive in your car and you go to work and you do it. It's no big deal. And she was very upset. So I drop her off at the school around 5 a.m. She's like, all right, teachers are going to be here at 5. Kids are supposed to get here at 5.30. Wheels start in motion towards D.C. at 6. I get a text message in the first segment of the radio show. Uh, Buses aren't here yet. Not sure what's going on. Get a text message in the second segment of the radio show saying, the company that we booked our tour with, who we've always been doing it for, uh, had the wrong dates. Mm, So there was no D.C. trip on Tuesday. There was no school on Tuesday, so parents who had dropped their kids off expecting their kids to be on their way to Washington, D.C., had to then come back and get said kids, take them home, and enjoy a nice little off day, which they weren't expecting. And so instead, they left yesterday, and now we'll spend less than 48 hours in Washington, D.C. Again, a nice little seven-hour bus trip from Columbus. So she was not happy. Me, I've had a fantastic week. There's been great Champions League games going on. Uh, So I cannot complain. She was the complainer this week but not me (laughs) well at least hey you know it's kind of interesting because she was supposed to go to dc united that didn't go as planned dc came here Mm -hmm. and their trip also for them did not go as planned because they took on the crew so a little bit of a uh, that's a goal scoring crew to you my how the tables no my My turn turn tables turn that's right um so dc united comes in and gets smacked by the crew love to see it Crew defeat the, I'm going to say the original rivals. Uh, I don't know how other people feel about that, but to me, DC United is the the arch nemesis, the arch rival, the first archetypical rival. Is that even a word? That's I still like to see DC United lose. I don't care how good or bad they're doing in a given season. And so the crew get it done, three to nothing over DC. Mm-hmm. That is that's great. That's that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, man, slump buster. Yeah, I'll take that. And and look, the crew are, have been some people slump busters too this yes, year. So good to finally have that happen to somebody else now. Um, let's talk about how this game went because it was a little weird. The crew ended up scoring three goals. Lucas Zellerion did not start this game, mm-hmm. was coming off the bench for this one. Uh, so a little bit of a different lineup from Caleb Porter. They went with more of a 4-3-3 look. We know that this is going to be a challenge for the crew until they get some more help at forward. More on that coming up. But the goals that we got this week, we got a Pedro Santos piss missile yeah. out of nowhere where he just, you wonder who's going to take the free kicks if Lucas Zellerion isn't playing. Pedro Santos stepped up. He's done that before. But this one, I mean, he hits one that I don't it's think. going any, 135 miles an hour. Yeah barely kept the net on its moorings. I mean, it was it was quite the shot. So that gets the crew off to a good start. Uh, Derek Etienne scores on a volley pulled out of the air. A little bit reminiscent of the goal he scored in MLS Cup a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, right? Yep. So that's beautiful. Love to see that. And Maybe a little way, bit of a tighter angle this time around. Yeah. Uh, and kudos to Josh Williams on that one, playing the ball forward. Yeah. 
Love seeing Josh back in the in the starting eleven. That's that's good to see. Uh, but yeah, he he picked out a perfect ball, and that was beautiful. Nice play, and Etienne did not miss, so that was awesome. And then the third goal, just Darlington Nagby, something that I don't think anybody would expect or predict could happen from a ball that came from I'm going to say 200 feet in the air. I have no <laughs> idea how high it was. It was very high, but. Over he, the roof of the stadium. Yeah, it, it actually went out of the stadium, yep. bounced off of our uh, antenna, bounced and then back. bounced back in, and Correct. then he hit it. Yeah, it was insane. But anyway, three great goals. Three very cool, different ways to score them. Mm-hmm. Three, I feel like that as much as the crew deserve to win this game, I do kind of wish there was a way to just be like, all right, we only need one. So let's just let's just say those other two yeah. because we're going to need a goal out like that. We're going to need that dog to nag goal somewhere else where they've got nothing else going. And it's, it's, I'm glad it happened. It's just too bad that in this game, they probably didn't need all three to be able to pull this off. And uh, yet they got them and they won. And that was good. It was a good night out at the stadium. But what did you think of that game? Uh, to your point about the goals, I thought there's probably not on a single hand. You can count goalkeepers that stop in the Pedro goal. Right. Uh, again, yeah. I mean, that was pretty was a- unbelievable what he was able to accomplish uh, with that. You could argue that the Derek Etienne goal it was bad goalkeeping. Uh, and I think you could also argue with the Darlington Nagby goal that you don't expect those a lot. And that was a little bit of shoddy goalkeeping as well. Again, I'm not taking anything away from the goals themselves. No, you've got, I think those players, especially Nagby, I mean, putting that on frame. He just scores goals of the year. That's what he does. Nagby, Once a year, it's he ridiculously scores, scores hard. a goal a year. The skill on that one is taking it out of the air and yes. putting it on frame without, with one touch that high. I mean, that's insane. But you're right on Kempen. He arguably could have done a little bit better with the Nagby shot, but I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad it went in. That was awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. So uh, I guess on one hand, when you're looking at a team that has struggled to score a goal in over a month in open play, you got that. That's good. Uh, There was a lot of stuff surrounding the crew, off-field stuff, which I know that we're going to get into here in a second. Um, But I think it's it's a nice confidence builder, right? Because we sat here last week. It's like, well, if Lucas Elleron doesn't pull a goal out of his ass, then they have no chance to score a goal. And to their credit, Caleb Porter was able to manage the system, throw in Lucas not starting, and you end up having your best goal since opening day uh, where you beat beat the hell out of Vancouver. So I think on one hand, um, interesting goals could have been better goalkeeping from D.C., from Kempen, like you mentioned. But on the other one, like you were just trying to find a goal, and we know this all the time. Like when you're searching for a goal so hard and you've been playing and you've been doing everything the right way, you know, what Caleb Porter has mentioned from time to time, like we're doing it the right way. It's just that we can't finish. Like, okay, exhale. Exhale because now that streak is over. Maybe there's a little bit of confidence. We know that ETN hasn't been the best. The supply balls have been a little bit shoddy at times this year. Been a lot of stuff surrounding Pedro. Is he good at left back? He's making that transition. He's old guy. How can he do that? And so I think it's a tale of two things, depending on how you want to look at it, either shoddy goalkeeping and defending from DC United, which is a very fair point. And then on the other hand, okay, this is going to give you confidence moving forward. Maybe this boosts these guys game. Well, yeah. And, and and as much as I agree with you on, on all of what you said about these goals being probably not, I don't think we can count on these type of goals, right? You can't, I don't think you can count on Pedro Santos to pour in five or six free kicks. Now, you can count on Lucas Elrayon maybe mm-hmm. for thing. The, the crew have been one of the best teams scoring off of stop ball situations yeah. in MLS because of Lucas Elrayon. So that I think you can, if you want to say 
scoring off a free kick is something the crew are going to be better at than most. I'll take that, yeah. especially if Zella, and it's great to see if Santos has more opportunities when Zella Rayon does need to take a break or is not available. Or depending on where the ball set, left foot, right foot. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with, I mean, yeah. I don't think you ever take Lucas Elrayon off the ball on that, but I, I know what you're saying, right? Maybe that also allows you to run two guys at the ball too, and maybe, you know, get something on a, a bit mm-hmm. of a tricky, you know, mess with the keepers, not sure where it's going on that one too, with Pedro, you watched from the behind the goal view of that, the wall Kempen was furious with his wall because I think he expected it to be out more mm-hmm. and Pedro just swung it around the wall. He didn't have to go over it. And then he like, is they're looking at him. He's looking at them going, where, why were you guys not a little bit further over? I had the near post covered. Why was the far post exposed like that? You should have covered that. I think it was still a great shot by Pedro. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, it, it helped that he curved it around that wall and it just so happened it, it worked out that way. But I don't think this means the crew's problems are fixed. It means this is a good start. Let's build yes. and let's see them do more of this. But for sure, they're going to need to find more goal scoring at the top of this formation. Interestingly enough, Caleb Porter, too, uh, formationally, this team has liked to press in situations. And something they did different against DC that I noticed, it's I think, if I'm seeing this right, was it looked like they went more to a 4-3-3. Mm-hmm. And they went more of just like, we're pressing whenever DC has the ball. We're going to jump them. Almost like switching from Google zone press like yeah it was a little more zone to man to man is yeah. kind of what they went to because yep. they have pressed earlier this season as well but it seems like they pick their spots where they say ah he's getting near the sideline now run three guys over there and let's make this tough and then okay they're back out yeah. we're back Eliminate out the angles yeah. yeah and 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 it seemed like there was more of just we're pressing anyone with the ball at all times start to finish and i i don't know that that's going to work all the way through the rest of the season, but but you that, know what, man, I give a lot. I give I give credit to Caleb Porter because we've sat here for so long. We've saying asked you're him just, to change some things. You're just Switch beating your head into a cement wall, and yeah. nothing is changing. Do something, and you realize, okay, at this point of the season, these are crucial games that are all worth three points. At least you did something. Yes, and it may not work. That's fine if you're going against the play one of the best offensive attack teams, you know, in MLS or a team that's really great on the counter or can open you up with speed on the sides. At least you did something in identifying, okay, DC lacks this. We're going to attack them at their weak spots. Yeah, right. And I and I thought that was good tactically from Porter, and I thought the guys responded to it well. Yeah. I uh, I questioned before the game. I saw the starting 11 come out, and I thought, no Zella Rayon, and so then we don't put Matan in. I still mm-hmm. want to see this dude get to. like three or four games where he plays 70 or 80 minutes. His work rate's incredible. Yeah, and I'm just I wonder what that looks like if if especially when Zella Rayon's not out there, like let's see that dude get out there. But then they went and shut me up, right? I mean, they went out and had three goals. I I don't know if that's going to be sustainable to play that way. I don't think like again, Josh Williams, great ball that he pumped over mm-hmm. everyone to get it into Etienne's feet and he makes a great shot. I'd love to see Josh Williams. I think he's capable of doing that more often, but the crew don't typically play that kind of compressed. Correct. The back four are so far up and we're just going to loop balls over the top. It's not usually what they do. I think he just went out and said, I can make this happen. And mm-hmm. he did because he's a great player. Um, so credit to Josh Williams on that, on that pass as well. Uh, so prior to the game, there was a rumor that was out there about a player being looked at. I think I'm trying to remember. Did we talk about that or did that come out right after? Well, I think we talked about that. We did that talk last about week. that. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah. Yes. And then okay. From Argentina. Right. Yeah. And so and the, so that that didn't happen. Porter was asked about this and he had a, a message about it. His quote was, 
We did make a run at a guy. We had a guy targeted that we thought we might get, but we weren't able to get him out of his club. We knew it would be tight for this window. That was the quote. Okay. So I saw that from Jacob Myers, who tweeted that out, covers the crew. And I said on Twitter, hey, give Caleb Porter credit. He doesn't just throw his players under the bus. He also throws his front office and other teams under it as well. Uh, because I viewed that tweet as Caleb Porter saying, yeah, uh, the front office was trying to get a guy and it didn't work out. Uh, so what do you want me to do? Like, I, I almost viewed it as yeah. when they don't score, it's going to be like, well, you know, hey, I we thought we had a That's guy coming best. in. We don't. Yeah, I mean. Perception. Your perception of this. I don't view Caleb Porter as being the one who's working the phones and making the deals. As, he, should, as he shouldn't be. Right. I, I view Caleb Porter as being the guy who identifies some talent with Bez, with their scouts, and says, okay, here's the guys we're looking at. And then maybe he goes, he does. I know he went down and watched Zell Ryan. I know he's watched some of these other guys uh, and, and looked at players that they brought in. So I viewed him as being a guy who says, this is the guy I want. And then Bez has to go make it happen. Caleb Porter has a propensity to be very honest about how his players are performing on the field or not. And I view, I viewed that in the same light of him saying, hey, the front office tried to get something done, but they didn't. Yeah, you know, what are you going to do? I don't feel like Caleb Porter, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know the man. I'm just reading this from everything I've heard about the guy behind the scenes and around the league, and he's got a history of being in this league, right? Everything I've ever heard is he does not like it when, like if a player came out and was like, Tactically, we're just not good right now. <laughs> I don't think that goes well in Caleb Porter's world. So. I don't think it doesn't go well. I, it doesn't go well. No, it it's doesn't. Not that you right. don't think it does. It doesn't. it doesn't. Right. So that led me to tweet, Caleb Porter throws other guys under the bus. What are you going to do? So Jacob Myers uh, did not like that and responded and said, like, dude, don't read too much into this quote. I think you've misunderstood it or misquoted it, whatever. Why are you being mean to Jacob? I'm not being mean to Jacob. I just want to clear the air. I like Jacob. I've met him a few times. He's a very does a very good job covering the crew, and I have no issues with him. I it's okay for people to disagree online. I hate that sometimes I yell at you every week. Yes, you do, and that's fine. And, and we I don't, don't talk each other, talk to each other outside of the podcast, and we're not friends, so don't get that <laughs> twisted. I don't view us as friends. I no. just want to be very clear. Yeah, I know neighbor, neighbor, I, we're, I'm only friends with neighbor Eric <laughs> and through was, his I friendship. It was funny you didn't say hi guess, to me the other day when you were over at his house. No, I, I, I ignored you completely and you were there before me. Screaming I walked at in. You, hey bone. No, and you I just gave me the cold you. shoulder. I don't want to talk to you at all. I would just say this um, for sure. The crew media arm. No, I don't want to say media arm. I don't mean to make it sound like they're part of that. The people who cover the team regularly mm -hmm. and the fans who watch the team regularly seem to be at odds sometimes. Yeah. Right. We have seen more than one instance of that this season <laughs> where fans are saying one thing and the media is like, I don't understand where these fans are coming from on this guys who are around the team every day, not understanding why the fans who watch the team and obsess about the team feel differently than they do. Mm -hmm. And if I can bridge the gap, it's a nice way to say that. Can I? The way you just painted that. Well, I'm trying. To, I like. I like it most. Everyone involved in all these situations. I like a lot of crew fans who have strong feelings about this, and I relate to that. I also know that guys who cover this team for a living have a job to do that is different objectives than fans have when fans are watching games. The objective of reporters is to get it right. Mm -hmm. The objective of reporters is to put the facts out there. The objective of reporters, I will also say, and I don't mean this as a slight, the objective of reporters is to not lose access, right? Yeah. I mean, if Jacob, I don't think this would happen. I don't think the crew would do this. But if Jacob Myers or Pat Murphy or anybody else covering the team was suddenly told you can't do that anymore because 
X or Y or Z, whatever you wrote, didn't go well with whoever at the crew, that does make it difficult to do their job. We have seen this in the media elsewhere. Yeah. And I'm not saying that of course we have. colors their, their commentary. What I am saying is those guys are talking to the people who run the team a lot more than the fans are. Yeah. And thus, they're going to develop relationships. It's this really tough line to walk. And I'm again, I'm not trying to defend journalists or anything like that. I'm putting this out there to say, I know those guys have a tough job. I respect that. I also respect I don't have their job, and I don't have to abide by those rules. We do this podcast where we say stupid shit all the time. Uh, constantly. And I don't, But also, I don't need access over there. Like, I don't have to go there every day and stick a microphone yeah, in anybody's face. Yeah, you just sit in the sweet Tipico Sportsbook seats for free. <laughs> I mean, that That's sounds right. like awesome access That's to right. me. I'm not going to say some really stupid shit if I'm not, I'm not getting invited <laughs> to that. I'm not going to say some stupid stuff. But but here's the thing. I know I don't need access over there. So I can say I, I don't need access to Ohio State. So I can say whatever I want. And if they don't like it, they can be like, T-Bone's banned from coming to Ohio State. Cool. I never go. Like, I don't go to Ohio State practices, to Ohio State media stuff. I don't have to go. I get the guys who cover it. It's different. That all said, that's a giant caveat to what I'm about to say. The biggest problem that a lot of guys in the media, not just with the crew, period, have is they forget what it's like to be a fan. Or they they lose sight of what fans Fair. see every day. Fair. And that's and it's it's because fans have a different objective of we're going to these games, we want this team to be the best. I don't care about how nice someone is or how much they give you quotes yeah. or how much access they grant you or how behind the scenes they let you get. They're not getting the job done. That guy sucks. Porter out. And so that's that's where the disconnect, I think, happens between fans who say, man, I don't think Caleb Porter's the guy. I don't like how he talks about these players that mm -hmm. I root for, that I wear their jerseys. I don't like how this team just shipped out a guy that we root for in Jossie Zardes yep. and didn't get anything really back for him. What's the plan? Where's the answers? And then the media guys are like, I know these people. I work with them. They're professional. They're not – they didn't just – get rid of Jossie Zardes yeah. and not have any plan. And so they take the other side of saying they, they have a plan. It will happen. You will see it because they believe that because they know these guys. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, I think that's where this disconnect has occurred. So I'm not trying to heal the rift between the media and the fans right now. I think I'm you just throw gasoline on it. I'm just pointing out why it exists and why I think it, it will exist for a while in, to, to some degree. Right. I mean, there's always going to be people in the, crew fandom even when they're like it happens with it happens with, to the playoffs there's going to be people saying yeah but they didn't do well enough it you know happens and, and rightfully every, so with every sports organization right i mean whether you follow ohio state football whether you follow the chicago bears or the new york mets or the rangers or whatever like it's uh, there's always sometimes a disconnect between people who cover the team and fans and that's just yeah. the way it's going to be um and so yeah i i think you absolutely hit the nail on the head Right uh, well, there. like, and I don't, I, I'll, last thing I'll add to that. I don't use the term fans. Like I know some people say, oh, the fans don't get it. <laughs> I, we work at a station called the fan. Yeah. Like I, I totally respect that side of it. And I consider myself, if you said, are you in the media or are you a fan? I am paid to be a member of the media, but in my heart of hearts, I am still a fan. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I think you're the same way, Beamer. Yeah, like, absolutely, we I am. Doing the job. So I, I've I've gone in and talked to Ohio State students before, and I go yeah. over there and thank Nicole Kraft for having me. Um, does a great she, job. And with she the journalism she teaches a there. journalism class. That's yes. what she does, like yeah. journalism ethics one one. And the you know she's introducing me and everything, and I go over there, and she's like, oh, how do you see things, you know, objectively? And I'm like, first of all, I don't. 
I'm like, I, I, I'm just going to be 100% honest with you. I did not graduate with a journalism degree. I have a communications degree from Ohio State. Yeah. Figured if I ever burn out in radio, I can go do something else um, in my career. But the thing that we do, I feel like, is relate. Like, I, I'm not I, I'm not a member of the media, I guess, technically. Like, I don't cover Buckeye basketball practices or anything. Like, I'm not over there doing that. My job is to react passionately with what I see that's in front of me. And yeah. so anytime she has me, she's like, oh, that's, you know, it's like breaking news to her. Like, don't tell my, don't, don't tell my students that right, I'm like, well, right. there's, it's different between the outlets too. Cause we sit here and we do this every week and our opinions are what we get paid for. Like we, that's what we do. We get paid for our opinions and it's awesome. Sometimes they are poo poo opinions and that's fine. And we get yelled at and it's all good. Um, but no, yeah. I, I mean, I'm a fan of things because I, I, I can't see it. The day that I don't enjoy doing this where you're not passionate about something, it's like, well, what's the point? Right. What's the point of it? Yeah. We're, we we enjoy doing this because we started out as fans. And I'll say this, too. I, I mean, I, I can't speak as much for Jacob. I know with Pat Murphy, I mean, that dude's been a fan of the crew since probably before most people who read the stuff he's written over the years knew of the team. I mean, he's he's been there for a long time as a fan so I'm not trying to defend everything Pat ever says. We we disagree on things. It's cool. But what I am saying is there are guys in the media who are fans who now have a different job or have had a different job for a while. Expectations are different. Yeah, and and I and I same thing I bet and I don't know. Um like people who have been fans who then go work for their favorite team. Yeah. I bet it changes for you when you it go does. work for that team. It, it has, has to. to because you're now you're employed to to put a certain narrative out there. Or to do a different objective. When you're a fan, you're going purely for your own enjoyment, which yeah, is the way going it off be. of your heart. Yeah, like, and I and I to be I, I try to you try to be fair. We try to put you know, real sometimes. things out there. I mean, we try not to just stir the pot. But overall, with the crew fandom and journalism stuff that's kind of been bubbling over the last few weeks, I don't think it's bad. I think it's just it's it, I, I kind of think it's necessary. Like it's going to happen, mm -hmm. right? The journalists are going to do what they're going to do. They're going to write these stories. They're going to try to get it. 100% down the middle as best they can. The fans are going to be critical and push. One thing I think that illustrates how all that worked well is what happened after the game with Caleb Porter. Yes. Caleb Porter had been hearing, whether he wants to admit it or not, I'm sure he heard from how the fans' reaction was. From what I've heard, Caleb Porter hears everything. <laughs> but that's, I don't know. I'm just, that's what I've been told. He's I'll, a listener to the podcast. Maybe, maybe not. I've heard that, though. Makes like, sense why I don't if, get invited over there then. <laughs> It doesn't make sense why I get invited over there because <laughs> who the hell knows? Anyway, the point is, but Caleb Porter, to his credit, came out after the game and said this quote, and I'll read it to you so I don't get it wrong. This is also from Jacob Myers. One of these moments I want to address about being better was my comments about Jossie. To be honest with you, in reflecting on that, I didn't like my choice of words that I used in discussing the trade. I reached out to him and apologized personally to him as well. By no means was some of the words I used and the phrases that I used indicative of how I felt or feel about him as a player or as a person. Obviously it's a great win tonight. And I'm sure a lot of the fans for good reason didn't like some of those comments and I didn't like, like them myself afterwards. This part of the quote, I think you and I can relate to a lot. Listen, sometimes you just get your words wrong. You know, every day, what, what a great thing to say, Caleb Porter. I will applaud you. And I do hope you hear this. That is, that is spot on correct for what you should say when you mess up in a press conference or speaking to the media, just say sometimes you get your words wrong. More or less, I know he's not saying this. I flubbed this. that. Yeah, I, 
I fucked up. Like that, yeah. I didn't get that the way right the way I wanted to. Um, but then he said, I try to always be honest when you guys ask me questions. That's kind of one of my things. I want to be honest. But in that case, just the way I was talking about a guy that I care about a lot, a guy that's done a lot for our club, it just wasn't in line with how I feel. I want to apologize for that. And I reflected and I'll do better next time. He said he cool. apologized to Jossie, like reached out yeah. immediately. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. good. And then that's, that's, that's appreciated. Like I've said, I hope that extends the other way. Like at least he's admitting I did that wrong. And my whole thought with that is, you, I'm sure internally they've had all those discussions. Maybe it's not the best time for the coach to come out and be like, yeah, this guy sucked. <laughs> you know, like maybe that's not the right time to do that. Maybe that's and, – and for a lot of fans to be upset about that, guess what? For all the lectures the fans received about how, hey, yeah. man, it's not wrong what he said, guess what happened? Caleb Porter sided with the fans on that, mm-hmm. not with all the people who were lecturing the fans. So let that be a lesson to everybody too. Uh, what else do we want to talk about the crew? Do we, do we feel like – I feel like we missed something else. I don't know. Oh, Last thing. Then we'll move on to Champions League. Did you see what happened with Montreal? You mean Club Montreal? Club de Foot Montreal. CDF Montreal. Yeah. They're listening to their fans. They are. Uh, they saw the outrage from their rebrand, which went horrible. Mm-hmm. Everyone said it sucked. And so what did they do this week? They announced... We're getting a new badge in 2023. Next year, 2023, new badge. It will be done. We will change. Good. Good for you. I'm sure, you know what? I'm sure around their building, they probably had some nice metal logos that sure. were carved out with mm-hmm. that stupid logo they made. I'm sure they had a lot of things printed up that's going to cost them a lot of money to change. Yes, it will. Good for them, though, for listening to their fans who don't like and do not, and have not liked that new badge. I, I would like to see the black and gold reflect that, too, because you know how it's going here. Fans still don't like that stuff. No, they are not. They do not enjoy it. No, they don't. Uh, and I thought it was a good job by the organization saying, you know what? Understand that we messed this up and we're going to go back and go to the drawing board and get something else. Uh, another thing from MLS. I saw Nashville's new stadium. Oh, I know. It's, it's I know it's the LDC. Man, you cannot sweat the crew enough. Ver- it's the bigger. Ver- First of all, you wear yellow. You're wearing yellow a lot. You're wearing yellow. You're really a lot. trying to push that. The stadium is the same damn thing. I know. It looked awesome. Like the crowd was there and I saw we- yeah. Reese Witherspoon give the greatest quote of all time. Like uh, I forget the Tennessean, I think did an article yes. about like yeah, Reese Witherspoon is here enjoying. And she go, or the title was Reese Witherspoon enjoys game with husband and uh, husband and kids quote, let's go. Like, let's go. <laughs> let's yeah. go. Let's go. That's, That's what she had to she say. Nailed it. She nailed it. She totally game. guys. She totally nailed it. She got it spot on exactly what you want out of. So the what's, celebrity do, you know fan. The, do you know the name of the new stadium? It's geo. I don't know, something. but um, it's somebody who is it? Oh God, I gotta find it. One of the athletic writers had posted a picture of that outside of the stadium, though, and they have one of those banners that says like "Come on, you boys in blue" or something like that. But the way the banners are set, they only have three words at a time for each. So it's like a longer phrase. Yeah. But they just have one of the banners that just says "Come on, you," and it's <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. <laughs> it's just like, no, come on, man. That's come on, come MLS. on, man, or come on, you. What are you, <laughs> what are you talking about? Come on, you boys in blue. Again, I don't think there's any way you can really do that well. It's bad. It's not good. Like, let's just not print <laughs> phrases up that are meant for stadium chants, and let's let's really think that through before we print it. But yeah, man, Nashville, you're sweating it so hard. They are trying so hard to be like the crew. And and here's what's great. 
Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. I guess. They want to be the crew so bad, but they won't be. And they aren't, and they never will be, because so there's only a, one. There's one only one true yellow soccer team, and that's this team right here. They're the highlighter soccer team. They're like again, they're off-brand crew is what they're trying to be. Like they, if I went to go to like a place where they said it's a Rolex, and then I get it, and it's like actually that's not a Rolex. That's off-brand. I I don't think that besmirches Rolex, right? Sure. All that does is make Rolex look better. Is like, oh man, it's not a real Rolex. Mm-hmm. You got a fake one because we know how nice the real ones are, and that's how bad people want this. That's what I view the crew as. Like, you're trying so hard to have what the crew has that you're sweating every little detail of what the crew are. So, okay, fine. If you don't want to have your own identity, adopt ours. Hell, as much as I hate them, Austin FC ain't imitating the crew. No. They just have a green stadium with a bunch of dumb phrases that don't make any sense. But whatever, they've got, they're trying to be. Somehow, their own thing. Precourt's trying to be as 100% different from the crew as he can because he hates everything about this city and this town and everything. So, why he's doing it is that, but at least they're not trying to be Nashville sweating the crew left and right. So, Tyler Snipes, who is a uh, good friend. He uh, is a unfortunate FC Cincinnati supporter, and we won't, we, won't, we won't disrespect him uh, here. He covers soccer for uh, SBI Soccer and MLS Next Pro, and uh, I saw him that he was down there for the opening day of the stadium, and it's called Geodis Park. Okay. Yeah. And he just said, I don't know why, but it looks like Geodude, the Pokemon. So oh, all that yeah, he is yeah, calling, yeah. we have the LDC, of course, the Death Star, the Dot, whatever you want to call it here. Uh, he is just now phrase that stadium the dude so we're playing over there at the dude in nashville which i thought was a great job by him not even a nashville supporter but you know what i think that is what we should call that stadium yeah the dude yeah the dude the Geo dude. dude come on you geo dude park the dude come on you mm-hmm. um by the way i got that phrase wrong it was come on you boys in gold oh. so they are doing the gold they're trying to like make the gold and yellow thing happen and uh you know whatever it's a phrase that pays Say that to the next, uh, I don't know, seventh caller right now. Come on, you. No, mm-hmm. you will win nothing. Come There's on, no Eileen. number to call. There's no number to call. Take a break. When we come back, Champions League, we'll talk about it. Lots to get into with that. We now know the final is set. We'll discuss the games next. Thanks for listening to Bone and Bean United, brought to you by Zaptic Italian Village. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United, brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. Lots of big things coming up with them, too. We've got the World Cup stuff happening later this year, so Mm -hmm. very excited for that. Might have to find our way out there. What is it, Saturday, May 28th? That's correct, 3 p.m. Champions League final. We now know it will be Liverpool taking on Real Madrid. Oh, baby. Which of these two games, Liverpool, Villarreal, or Real Madrid, Manchester City, do you want to start with? Let's go with the one that was earlier in the week. Okay. Villarreal lose three to two to Liverpool, five to two overall on aggregate. But that if that's you, not a box score game. No, it is not. You cannot look at that game and say, oh, three to two. So was it like a really tight game all the way to like the 90th? No, it was a weird game in that it swung so differently between two yeah. halves. The first half, as they should have, and we thought this might happen, Villarreal is going to come out and throw everything they have at Liverpool. They are going to just go bombing forward the entire time. And it worked. I mean, three minutes in, they scored a goal. Beautiful. I think I screamed, oh, my God. Like, right. when, when they got that goal back, when you're first starting to settle in, it's like, okay, uh, one goal back, you get another one, and now you're in serious business. Yeah. And it was so different from anything that you saw in the first leg 
because Liverpool were doing whatever. So maybe you chalk that up in your mind like, well, they were just caught flat-footed. They were cold heading into the game. Like, all of a sudden now, oh, boy, like we're we're in a fight. Yeah, yeah. So Because then that gives them confidence for the rest of the 90 minutes, two you to, would it's, think. It's on aggregate two to one, three minutes into a 90-minute tilt. Yeah. So you think, here we go, game on. And the home team is the one that just scored and has gotten it closer. Then 37th minute, LaCelso goes in. Penalty or not for you, because Allison comes out and I thought wiped him out. I thought and, it was a penalty. I mean, I did too. Like, I, I know that they're saying, well, he got the ball, but I thought he hit he the He was ball, out of control. Hit I the man first and then the ball. Like, the ball hit him after he tackled the if cell. That, so. If that tackle happens 40 yards away from goal, easily a foul. Oh yeah, of course, right? It's it's yeah. no question about Easily it. Easily a foul. Yeah. Perhaps a yellow card. I know with and I know with goalies they want to give them every opportunity to have their right to the ball and, and that space. That's true, gotta, but the problem and they want to protect the goalies to some degree. But didn't get the ball first. No, he got the I thought from every angle I saw, and I they because there were a few different angles. That one was interesting. They were even saying yeah. on the broadcast, depending on the angle, you can really see it going either way. They chose not to call a penalty there. Um, but it didn't matter because a couple moments later, Francis Cocalon Wonderful goal, mm-hmm. ties it up two to two. That place went oh, it's going completely nuts. mad. You know, Emery's running around on the sidelines. It was, <laughs> it's a scene. You think here we go? This is Villarreal in the Champions League of a second leg of a semifinal, which you were down two to nothing, and the world said you had no chance. And we, I mean, yeah, I mean, we said the only chance maybe they have is if they just come out and do basically what they did, be and on the did. front foot the entire <laughs> and way. That. And we said, but Liverpool. All they have to do is absorb that and then find a goal and it breaks their will and breaks their spirit. And so second half starts and what happens? One of the best teams in the world played like one of the best best teams in the world world, and they had uh, everything going for them. I saw that Coquelin almost had another goal goal in, but not for him. I mean, not for, not for Villarreal, but almost was the own goal. Could you imagine if that had decided off the post? Well, yeah, I think he deflected off his knee, but it was uh, Trent Alexander Arnold had a shot that like hit his knee, went up in the air and almost goes in, but instead goes off the crossbar. But then Mo Salah does Mo Salah things. And as good as I've ever seen a player be at that, that uh, what's the word I'm looking for playing chicken. Where, like, you know, the game of chicken is you don't move until the very last moment, and then you yeah, you, you don't want to be the guy who moves, right? You got to get the other guy to move before you do. He is the king at drawing his defender to him, yeah. drawing that foot into a position where it's a millimeter from the ball, and then he slips it away from you. You're completely out of position, and the guy you should have been keeping an eye on is now in on goal. Now free. <laughs> and that's Mo Salah, man. He's, he's as good as anyone I've ever seen. Yes, unbelievable. Yes, so he slips in Fabinho, and it's 3-2. to two. The big fella. The big fella. I love seeing big fella score Big goals. fella, bald head. Big fella also shouldn't have scored a goal because that ball should have been saved like 95 times out of 100. Well, Geronimo Rulli, the Argentine yeah. goalie for Villarreal, a bad who day. was uh, Le Keep. In France, they like to uh, do their player ratings. They're yeah. known for these. Mm-hmm. This is obviously the big sports paper in Paris. Uh, they gave him a three out of ten. And they, what was the word they used to call him? They they said he was, uh, was it completely useless? Or something Dude. like something along those lines they said more or less was that he was He's just. a warm body. Yes. They said the first 45 minutes, he really didn't have much to do. No. Nope. Second 45 minutes, completely useless. Because it wasn't just that one, which, yes, he should have done better on. Then the second goal mm-hmm. gets slipped between his two goals. Yeah. Go between the wickets for him. That's 
pretty un. I know it's Liverpool. They're great. You've got immense talent coming at you. You're getting some good looks at goal coming towards you, but they're both in front of you to the point that they go in between your legs. At least on the first one, he could have done better. Maybe not the second one, but yeah, that second goal was pretty much. Oh, and I, we're the, off, and we're off to the Champions League now. Liverpool is champions yeah. at that point. Or and then the third one, I mean, he came going to the final. I should say ten yards out of his box. Well, that was I, I mean, that one. That was that was the most egregious goalie positioning play that he made clearly, <laughs> but I almost understand it at that sense where it's yes. like, I can't let anything no. else happen. So I'm going to go up this and try Sadio to make a play Mane and he got space. caught out. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the best players in the yeah, world. Yeah, You can't do that. It's stupid. Mm. It was a big gamble, but at that point it's like, it's not like he had much left to risk anyway. Right. He pretty much spent all his chips before by giving up those first two. So I think Villarreal's real problem came in the fact that they called the dogs off. Like they were happy with two, two as they should have been. Yeah, going into halftime. I agree with that. I think they got a little bit comfortable and all of a sudden five minutes later, you know, you're toast. Like all of a sudden it goes from a two, 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 two aggregate score to then four, two, and now you're dead in the water. Uh, and then the Sadio Mane goal come in a little bit later, but um, it, it's pretty impressive to me. And I know we'll get to this next game. Liverpool can absorb pressure uh, and do everything with the best. And you could, you know, argue that their back line didn't have the best day. Liverpool, so I think it was a pretty stark start for them and grim. Like, on their day, yeah, they're one of the best. But if you catch them, like, they can be had. Yeah. But it, it never fails to amaze me. Like, think about that. I mean, you're up 2-0, heading to Spain. That place is going nuts. Not the biggest stadium in the world, but, like, pressure, right? I mean, pressure is a real thing in sports. And that place is rocking. And all of a sudden you said, you know what? We're Liverpool. They're Villarreal. And not only are we going to get this first goal, we're going to get the second goal. And then the third, the way that they can just leave a wake of destruction in your path, like snap of a finger. Right. It's like, okay, can we get back into this tie? We still got, you know, 30 minutes to be able to accomplish something and work our way into a goal. That's over before you even have the chance. Like their killer mentality when they get to it is something under Jurgen Klopp, which is, it's stunning to watch. Oh yeah. And, and, the fact they were able to, like you said, just flip that switch and go. It's nuts. It's, yeah. And it is what makes them as dangerous as anyone in the world when it comes to 45 minutes of soccer. Yeah. Like, I I, I wouldn't say they're even the most dangerous team over 90 minutes. They are just able to turn it on pretty quick when it has to. And it's something to see when they do. And I think part of that, too, was Villarreal just knew if we let one goal in. Oh, we're done. I mean, th- they expended so much energy to tie it back up yeah. on aggregate and then it goes away almost instantly in the second half. That's that's heartbreaking for them, and obviously I think that's part of why they weren't able to finish this off. But credit to Liverpool. Tremendous for, run. Yeah, oh, credit. Yeah, and, and a great run for Villarreal. I think that that speaks heavily to, uh, you know, Unai Emery's ability. I think he did a great Maybe job better there. better suited coaching in Spain than I think. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Premier League was his speed, but nope. that's okay. He, he found a way to get that team to be one of the four left over in the Champions League. That's that's quite an accomplishment, especially for Villarreal. So hats off to them. Now to the other game. Speaking of teams that can turn it on on a dime, man, what do you say about this Real Madrid team right now? Because they're I told you, man, Carlo Ancelotti has made a blood pact with he someone. Has, he has to have. He even in, not not admitted making a blood pact, but, no, but he that's what he basically said after they won yesterday. Like it, there's I don't I don't get it. 
I don't know. I don't understand like the desire for us to put balls in the back of the net when we need it the most. So coming off of last week's game, which was again one of the best soccer games I've ever witnessed in my life. Yes, four to three, three Manchester City game. Everything in play coming back to the Bernabeu, and first forty-five minutes, there's chances. Like Vinicius misses. First of all. He missed one earlier in the game. Benzema had an open header like three minutes into the game that he misses a little bit over. So you're like, okay, Ray, I was like getting chances here. You know, this is going to build up. And the way that that usually plays is that city then will flip things down the other side of the field and will have their opportunities. So we get to halftime. Nil, nil. It's like, okay, for all the fireworks that we had in this week's game, like this is, it's not a cagey affair, I wouldn't say. It was decently open, but you could tell the strategy was implemented for Manchester City. Hold on to the ball, pick our spots, get the ball to Kevin De Bruyne, let him do his thing, let him distribute. First 10 seconds of the second half, Real in the center circle, kick the ball back. You see four players in white just streaking down the field. Yep. And they play Vinicius over the top, mm-hmm. he has an unbelievable opportunity. Uh, or no, they don't play him over the top. They played someone on the right wing. A ball comes in, past Benzema, little flick on, misses that. That's 10 seconds into the second half. Oh, You're like, yeah. my God, are they all over it? Yeah, right. And so you th- you think, okay, Real Madrid's going to get this done. But then you have Manchester City. They get their goal. Rian Mares, by the way, that was unbelievable. Like that's, oh, he's, that, he's ridiculous. That was the goal that sent you to the Champions League final. Should have been. Should have been. You're up 5-3 on aggregate. You've absorbed everything from you Real Madrid. You have 15 minutes left in this game. You get that one and you say, all right, now we're up two in, in, for, for what matters. one nothing in the game, two total. And you think, all right, they're going to go in. They're going to see out these last 15 minutes and some stoppage time, I'm sure, to make it interesting. And it's all said and done. It's over. Pep's making subs, too. Yeah, yeah, subs are Jack coming in. Jack Grealish comes on to this game. Yeah. The save that was made on the goal line is yes. probably one of the biggest moments like you've seen. Jack Grealish puts that ball away, which, again, he should have. The defender had yeah. no no business being there. Right. Takes a bounce off the goal line, off of Foden. You're alive. Literally, minutes later, comes down, dances, does the same thing, like misses <laughs> – this is another opportunity. And this is not to poo-poo on Jack Grealish, like whatever. No, but the point is, I mean, they made a You put the put one of those away. Yeah. And again, we talked about this last week. Put one of your seven chances away in the first leg that uh-huh. you had on yeah. an open net. And nobody's talking about this. And then the cult magic or whatever spirits that Real Madrid are conjuring up, you bring in Rodrigo, 90th minute goal. Okay, we don't have a lot of time. There's five added minutes we're Real Madrid. We've yeah. done this before. We yeah. have done this in this year's competition. Minute after that, Rodrigo goal, boom, we're even. This dude, man, Rodrigo coming Guy's in as a, a sub. He is neck he is. tats. They, they, that's it, man. Real Madrid does not have the, I, I, I think I am fully within my rights to say this. I think this is going to be argued with by no one. They do not have the best 90 minute team in the world. Not even close. I don't even know if they have the best 45 minute team in the world. Not even close. They have the best. Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. They said what? Like that? Like you know, in a movie where there may be like a group of friends. Maybe it's in a you know like a uh, like an I don't want to say like an action movie, but like like a movie where there's a lot of tough guy stuff going on. Yeah. And someone says something, and then all of a sudden it's like he said what? And everyone stands up, and chairs are laid down, yeah. and like nine guys stand up, and then there's one guy in the middle who's like, only nine of you. Well, yeah, you know, and then it's like Jean-Claude Van Damme or somebody who's just going to like kick everyone's ass. 
every guy on Real Madrid's bench and most of the guys on their team when you need them for five or ten minutes. Or Denzel from the Equalizer. Right. Like. They've got that. They've got that thing where it's like, oh, now it's go time. All right. Well, I'll wake up. You think and you're going to win? Yeah. Jokes on you. Yeah. They don't fight the whole movie. They fight when they have to, and they fight in these big spots, and they just they go out and destroy. And so. Rodrigo had a great quote after the game where he said, yeah, unfortunately I didn't get the hat trick. <laughs> he could he have got it in normal time too. He was like sitting on a hat trick. Yeah. I mean, five minutes after he enters the game or yes, you know, right. whatever. And all of a sudden it's like, now you have another opportunity. And I forget who had the opportunity. I think it was Rodrigo literally at the end of the game to win it before yeah. you went yes. into extra time. I think that's correct. I don't yeah, know. It was, it was like that close. And it, I mean, they Real Madrid just turned from like, boy, I don't think they're going to get it done to looking like the best team in the world <laughs> so quickly. And it's amazing how they can do that. Liverpool can do that, which. And now they're both represented in the champion. Buckle League in for that final. It's going to be fun. But uh, <laughs> so Rodrigo's quote was, I made a bet with my father that I would score three goals. And well, I only scored two. I'm missing one. I'll get that one in the final. Woo! Then the rep- well, reporter standing there said, do you mean your real father? Eric goes or. Luka Modric, who he jokingly refers to yeah. as dad. And he said, no, no, my real dad. Okay. So like, but I like how now Luka Modric is like, when you said dad, could you just clarify? Is it daddy Modric or right. real dad? And so, yes, uh, I am. Uh, yes, absolutely. Penalty for you ask. Uh, on the Benzema play. Can I say this? Yeah. I almost don't care. Like, like, yes, I think it was. Sure. I think it was. It's, but I mean, again, if you want to compare that in the Villarreal I think you could call them both penalties or both not. I think mm-hmm. they were both very iffy calls either way. But I'm glad it got called a penalty. <laughs> not, not because I'm not because I'm a Manchester City hater or anything like that. Just I am. because I'm glad it was a penalty. It's a penalty all day, was, every day. It was, it was. You know what? It was. It was drama. It was exciting and and yeah, having a penalty kick moment like that. It there's can nothing imagine, like, like there's nothing like seeing that foul called and then everyone standing around going, Oh, is it or is it not? Like just from the standpoint of giving us all something to talk about, I enjoyed that. Like Benzema's laying down on the box, arms yes, raised like right. over his head. I've like I've, I we did it. Well, let me tell you, not a better guy to happen to than Kareem Benzema. I mean, he's just such a likable mm. guy, throwing his teammates into, you know, situations where there's a blackmail scheme. Anyway, I can't believe Kareem Benzema is still good, but he is. How many goals has he scored now? I don't know. A like, lot. I think of the, the he's in the last, I want to say it's, I want to say in the last two games, he has scored six and assisted on, like he's been responsible for all seven goals. He's like, or, or other way around. He's like assisted on, he can, I don't think he's scored six. He's assisted on like four or five and scored the other ones. Like it's a ridiculous amount of goals he's been responsible for the last couple of games. What I'm saying, he's he's absolutely out of his mind. So he has in the Champions League this year. Kareem Benzema is number one. Uh, he has 15 goals yes. in the Champions League in 11 matches. Okay, I mean, right. That's, so that's that's ridiculous. But I want to say in the last two, he's been he's had a hand in like oh. seven straight or something crazy like that. Like it's whatever, man. I don't know. I don't know where the fountain of youth is, but. Luka Modric, Kareem Benzema, these guys have found it, and they keep going back to it, and they find ways to keep amazing us in this in this final I or just, in this uh, Champions League series. Here, it's really mind bending for Manchester City to give it up that way. Like, oh yeah, I mean, Bone, they were you had tickets booked to Paris. Sure, in the last five sure. minutes of that game, and not only do you give up both goals to go to extra time, and then you fall short in extra time. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before. I mean, it's going to make, first of all, it's it's going to make the premier league title race that much more interesting. 
because now they're out of the Champions League. Don't have to focus on that final. You'd think, okay, that's going to be our goal. Liverpool, in the meantime, in the FA Cup final. Uh, in the meantime, in the running for Champions League, or in the final on that one, and still in the running for the Premier League, already won the Carabao Cup. They could win four major trophies. Yeah. That's <laughs> so you have to wonder what this does to the mindset of city. Like, can you reset? I mean, there's so many yes, layers, right? Can you reset in these last, I think they have five games. Both teams have five and games. Now left focus to go in the on the premier league. Yeah. Well, that would be crushing. Oh my God. Yeah. It like would crushing. be crushing. Yeah. It's, it's a huge thing now that this, this Manchester city team has to deal with pep. I've seen, I mean, all the articles are being written about just how many collapses do you have to have, which all right. I mean, He's collapsed a ton. I don't blame Manchester City fans if they're mad about it. I feel like anyone else being like, haha, Pep Guardiola sucks. Like that, okay, that's a little weird. That's not not real. That's right. Not, I mean, that's I, not I, it's thing. not real, right? But like, I get it if you're a City fan and you're mad about like, we have all this talent and didn't see it through. Of course. That's fine. I understand that more than I understand like just random media guys being like, what do you think about Pep Guardiola? Like, I think he should be the manager for as long as he wants to be. I That's think what he's I think. just like, fine. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll be. And, he's very good. I think he's there 10 more years. They're probably in the Champions League semifinals like this. Probably another handful of times at least. And they probably win another couple of them at least. Like, that may not be good enough for everybody else, but I think every other fan base would take it if that's what you could get. So, yeah, I'm not not down on him. But. I say they should fire him. <laughs> And get someone else. I think you should in lead charge the charge of on Manchester that. yeah. City. That's Every what I Manchester say. Every Manchester United fan is is like ghostwriting those articles. Like, what do you say, Pep Guardiola? <laughs> get him out of there, huh? Oh man, <laughs> what That's... do you think about Rude Hullet? You want to bring him in? Yeah, like, let's go. Yeah, Chris Armas is a good guy. Chris Armas, get I him up there. I think that would be a, yeah. a nice a nice just, one for you. Right. Uh, let's not forget to Real Madrid, PSG had him dead to rights. Yeah, let him slip through. Chelsea had him dead to rights. They slipped through. Like. I'm telling know. you, they're conjuring spirits. They have to be. I don't That's know. all there is to explain it. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. I know you didn't get to listen to the broadcast yesterday because yeah. you were doing your actual job. Trying to. But sometimes. It was a master class in soccer broadcasting yesterday. Oh, I bet. Do you know who is on the call? I forget. It's the guy who does all the big Champions League. Okay, games. okay. But it was but you're saying it was great. Oh, it was just so good. So like yeah, if you have that I gotta go check it out. If you can if you listen. have the ability to, you know, have YouTube TV or if they're playing the whole game somewhere, like on a replay, I'm sure they're playing it today or over the weekend somewhere. Go find it and just and watch from the time that Riyad Mahrez scores his goal. And then yes. And then yes. just watch all the way through. And listen, yeah, listen all the way. It's so good. Okay, the I'll pacing, the silence, which is awesome in soccer. Like I Sometimes love that. Sometimes you have to give it you its just, space. You yeah. just give it its space, space, and let it breathe. I, I was enthralled. Absolutely, that's the that's the beauty of really good soccer broadcasting, and it's the beauty of the good broadcasters who know how to do it right. Like it's pretty special, and we enjoy listening to it. So, yeah, fun. I thought those were fun games. I think. Now having a Champions League final between these two teams will be epic. It's a rematch, too, by the way, of the 1981 European Cup, also held at the Parc des Princes in Paris. Interesting. Liverpool won, Real Madrid nil. Wow. All this right. one's playing at the Stade de France, so different yeah, stadium, yeah. but still but being played in Paris for a European title 41 years after they tussled for another one. Does history repeat itself? Well, remember Real Madrid a few years back, 19. 
uh, took Liverpool down to the final. So we yeah. get a nice little rubber yeah. match. That's right. I got about three weeks here to get my Luka Modric jersey in. Mm-hmm. I got to get the right size. It's always tricky getting them from Europe because I never know if that's, you know, like a give 3X. Me, give me the, the biggest heat. you got. Right. <laughs> How big do you go? You like to run in schmediums. Right. Yeah. So, but I got to get that in because, uh, sorry, Liverpool fans. You know, I, I like, I have respect for Liverpool fans, but I am, I am fully on board the Real Madrid bandwagon for this one because I've just enjoyed the hell out of watching them play. Going to get a awesome. Vinny jersey. Oh, yeah. Vinny Jesus, that's, hey, man, he's, go ahead, invest. He's he's the future of soccer. He's he's something, man. He's special. If I mean, he would future, like, uh, future's now. What am I talking about? I was like, going to say, he's here now. maybe we could turn uh, Zaftig from a uh, Manchester United supporters <laughs> bar into a Real Madrid. That's what you guys, <laughs> I mean, honestly, all the <laughs> Manchester United fans should just get their Real Madrid stuff out. And yeah, I mean, it's it's all over now, right? But you you go through Manchester, they beat Manchester City, who you hate, yep. and they have a chance to go beat Liverpool, who you also hate. Correct. So, there you go. A la Line Madrid. <laughs> yeah. Next uh, next month, Zaftig, your official Real Madrid watch party bar. <laughs> right. That'll be fun. All right. We'll see you out there at Zaftig. Until next time, be safe, have fun, enjoy all the soccer, and we'll talk to you next week.